When Jesus had thus spoken, he was troubled in spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was lying close to the breast of Jesus. So Simon Peter beckoned to him and said, Tell us who it is of whom he speaks. So lying thus, close to the breast of Jesus, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give this morsel when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What are you going to do? Do quickly. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that Jesus, that because Judas had the money box, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and in him God is glorified. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I shall not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go yonder and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The second reading is from the 11th chapter of Mark. And they came again to Jerusalem. This is after Palm Sunday. And as Jesus is walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? Or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say from man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. As we said last week, the city of Washington, D.C. has this, this big superhighway that goes around, uh, around it. It's called the Beltway. And as we said last week, inside that Beltway is all of our government buildings and, and all of the leading rulers of our, of our country, really. And um, many people think that the people inside the Beltway have no idea what's going on in the rest of the country. And right now, it seems, that seems to be true. The city of Jerusalem had a great wall around it, just like the Beltway. And inside that wall was the temple, and inside that wall was all of the, the leading religious leaders of the time. And uh, they had authority, and their job, first of all, was to keep authority. On Palm Sunday, Jesus went through that wall, up to the temple, and he looked around, and then he left. The next day, he went back. On the day previously, he had noticed that they were selling all this stuff in the temple, so as you know, he went into the temple, and he kept, turned over the, temp, the, the tables of the money changers, he let the animals go, threw the money on the floor, and he drove them out. After that, he was teaching, This says, and when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. The next day, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, Jesus is walking in the the same area, and a delegation of Jews came to him. They were the, the, the chief priests and the scribes, 
and the elders. Now, the chief priests were the ones in charge of the temple. The scribes were teachers and bureaucrats, and the elders were kind of in charge of the Jewish religion. And these folks didn't usually get along with each other. But it's amazing what happens to people when they have a common enemy. So here they come to Jesus, and they confront him. A lot of them, and Jesus is alone, and they ask him one question. One question, and the question was this, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are doing all of this? Who do you think you are throwing stuff all over the place? Who do you think you are teaching? Who gave you authority to do that? That's an important question because the authority was theirs. They ran the temple, they ran that place, and they had the authority to say yes or no. And so, you know, you never want to have someone responsible to nobody. We have to be responsible to one another, and that's what they were asking. Who gave you authority? The real, what was behind that question was, we didn't give you authority. So how in the world can you do this? But there was a higher authority than the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And that authority was God. And God is free to do what God wants to do. Don't you know that? You can't tell God what to do. And in the past, God had raised up people with no authority. And so he raised up the prophet Amos. Amos was a farmer. He raised sycamore trees. Now, those sycamore trees, they're not like our sycamore trees. Those sycamore trees were a kind of a fig tree. And one of the things that the sycamore farmer had to do, he had to puncture the fruit while it was ripening so that it tasted better. And that's what Amos did. But God raised him up, and Amos became a, a powerful preacher of justice and righteousness, and he said a lot of terrible things to the people inside the beltway. And yet, the teachings of Amos wound up in the Old Testament. God raised up Jeremiah. He called Jeremiah when Jeremiah was just a young man. Not much education, not much background, not from the right family. And God raised up Jeremiah to make him a a prophet a, a mighty prophet in the words of Jeremiah wound up in, in, the, in the Bible. And now here's this Jesus. Who does he think he is? He's a carpenter. He's from Galilee. It's 70 miles away. His family is nothing. He's from the wrong side of the tracks can't possibly be that he is raised up by God. So they say to him, who gave you this authority to do this? And Jesus said, well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll ask you a question. And if you answer my question, I'll answer your question. And they fell for it. I mean, it was stupid of them to fall for it. So Jesus asked them this wonderful question. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? Now, John was dead by this time. But John was highly revered 
In fact, a cult of John the Baptist continued for years and years after his death, after the, the resurrection of Jesus. There were still people who were talking about John the Baptist. And the question was, was John the Baptist sent from God? And that's a yes or no question, isn't it? If they said yes, then Jesus said, well, why didn't you pay attention to him? Why didn't you follow him? Why didn't you endorse him? Why didn't you send people out to be baptized by him? Why didn't you do that? If they said no, which in effect was saying, well, John was freelancing. He was doing it on his own. Well, the people really liked John the Baptist, and they saw in John the Baptist a real prophet. So there they were. And they said, I don't know. He humiliated them. In front of the crowd, he shut them up. These leaders of the religious community say, we don't know. The first confrontation in the temple, Jesus started. This confrontation, they started. And they lost. It was all about authority. Jesus had authority. I want to think with you about authority. Authority is simply power. Authority is, is, is the right to do something. Jesus had authority. I want to trace with you some places in the New Testament where it talks about the, the authority of Jesus. And the first thing is, um, is in the first chapter of Mark. It says they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not like the scribes. Now, the scribes were the teachers, and they must have been pretty lousy teachers. You know, we talked last week about familiarity with holy things, right? Remember that? Well, after you teach holy stuff for a while, it's all the same to you. It's hard for pastors to keep the holy holy. And so these scribes were really poor teachers. Jesus taught as someone who had authority. He had some kind of charisma, and he knew what he was talking about. People loved to hear him. He speaks with authority, not like the scribes. They don't know anything at all. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? You are the Holy One. I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, shut up, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. Does that look like authority? They were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread, began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. 
Here's another. Remember when they lowered the guy through the roof? And he was laying there. And Jesus says to him, Son, your sins are forgiven. Because Jesus believed that what was really wrong with this guy was something psychosomatic. And if his sins were forgiven, he could walk. And I think that's right. The mind and the body connection is, is very strong. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, son of the, scri- the scribes were there, and they said, why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, see, here's another question. Why do you raise such questions in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up, take your mat, and walk? Now, which is easier to say? It's much easier to say, your sins are forgiven, because you can't tell. But to say, rise and take up your bed and go home, you can tell, can't you? Well, Jesus says, He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go home. See, that's the kind of authority that our Lord Jesus Christ had. He spoke with authority. He dealt with demons with authority. He dealt with sickness with authority. Uh, Here is another one. Jesus called his disciples to him. And he picked out the twelve, and this is what it says here. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him, to be sent out. And this is what he told them to do. Proclaim the message and to have authority to cast out demons. That is to say, Jesus took his authority, his power, and gave it to people. That they should go out and do what he did. He conferred authority. And then he sent them out, you know. And he said, now I want you to go out and preach and teach and heal and cast out demons. How would you like to do that? He sent them out in groups of two. So we'll do this. We'll take you two and you two. We'll take you two. We'll take the, the, the couple here in the back, the reverend couple. We're going we're gonna to want you to go out and do this. How would you like that? How would you feel? And they're not ready to go over there. Nobody's ready to go. So the disciples went and they came back and said, wow, this works. Because Jesus said, you will do the works that I do and you will do greater works. Because he could, he could confer authority. He had authority and he gave authority. Here's another one. In the 16th chapter of Matthew, uh, Jesus says, um, who, do send, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And here's what Jesus said. <clears throat> I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, he's not talking about doors. He's talking about the forgiveness of sins. 
And he gave that to the church. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, whatever you forgive on earth, will be forgiven in heaven. And one more. When Jesus appeared to disciples after his resurrection, and he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The church claims that authority to this day. We claim it here twice on Sunday for both services. I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. Is that right? It's all gone. It's okay with God. Yes. Jesus gave that authority to forgive sins to a group and individually. Your sins are forgiven. It's taken care of with God. Jesus came with authority. Now what about his authority today? Does he have authority today? If you say Jesus Christ is Lord, you have given authority to Jesus to be your boss. Does anybody here watch Harry Potter? Let me see the hands. Don't be afraid. All right, good. Um, Lord Voldemort, right? Who shows up in the Deathly Hallows, part one and part two. Lord Voldemort is the, is the embodiment of evil, and they call him Lord. They always call him Lord Voldemort, and they do whatever he says. They're not on and off, on and off disciples, are they? Amelia, are they? Right down the road, right? They do whatever he says because he has authority. And what Lord Voldemort says, that's the way it is. The earliest Christian creed was two words, three words in English. Christ is Lord. Christ is Lord. Oftentimes, people said, Caesar is Lord. That was common in the Roman Empire. To say Caesar is Lord, Caesar is the boss. And the Christians had enough gall Courage to say that's not right. Jesus is Lord. See, that's one reason why the Apostles' Creed is so dangerous. Think about it next time you say it. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And when you say that, you turn over authority for your life to him. Now, his, in us, his, his lordship is, is incomplete, isn't it? Because we're still like Eve in the garden. 
who wants to be like God and run her own life. We do. We thank God for forgiveness of sins. But the nature of the Christian life is that Jesus Christ is the boss. What is this congregation? How can we describe this congregation? This is a gathering of people who agree that Jesus Christ has authority over their lives. Um, we read the book, uh, My Utmost for His Highest, and um, one of the things that um, Oswald Chambers says in there is that Christians, workers, give up all rights to yourself. I love this. You give up all rights to yourself. Now, that happens in the Army, doesn't it? When you join the Army, you don't get a chance to vote. Do you? Anybody been in the Army? Anybody try to vote in the Army? Captain, I'm against that. <laughs> you don't get very far. No, when Jesus Christ is Lord, he's the Lord of all, and, and we give up all rights to ourselves. He can tell us what to do. He can tell us where to work, what to, what to do with our lives because he's the Lord. And this is a gathering of people who agree about that, that that's the way life is. So in this confrontation with this, the, the priests and the scribes, and the elders, Jesus beat them. And he established his authority. He claimed authority. And he still has authority. And as you and I continue to yield to that authority in all things, 24 hours a day, life is good. Amen. <laughs>